This episode is brought to you by Only the Real Entertainment and Media Den Productions. to the shameless heat plug yeah 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 the shameless plug i was the man who said blow the team up yeah that's me you could go back and watch the film you can go back and listen to the old part i said to blow the heat up and now we won the game away from the conference finals i had zero clue and i'll be the first to admit as a part of a now new media i was wrong about the miami heat they Again, our one win away from a conference finals, uh, and they're cooked. There, there's no way that we will blow this 3-1 series lead because the mentality on the opposite end looks to be fried. We have a one Julius Randle who is, you know, the best to second best player on that New York Knicks team stated that he doesn't know maybe the Heat wanted it more when he was asked a question about the offensive rebounding of the Miami Heat. And I will be the first to admit that is the most pathetic answer that I've ever heard of someone who is the second best player on the team answering a question. You sound like you don't want to be there. You sound like you've checked out. And if you're a New York Knicks fan, you should want this man gone. Because what message are you sending as the best or second best player? I would be out on this gentleman. You've given him everything. Tibbs has played this man. He's become an all-star, a two-time all-star, I believe, in his next tenure. You don't look like you want to compete at certain times. I'm looking at him playing. His effort looks minimal. Comparative to DeAndre Ayton. I'm coming for you, Ayton. You stay tuned because you... Yeah. He looks pathetic in terms of effort. Uh, I'm looking at the body language of that gentleman and its infectious ability as the second best player on the other players. You look like you checked out. You look like you, you've essentially quit. You don't ever want to uh, 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 tell a, a competitor that they look like they're quitting, but you look like you've checked out on the team. You look like you're comfortable in getting your money respectfully, and when things don't go your way, you pout. And I, if I'm a New York Knicks fan, I don't, I don't, I don't want you on my team. Stephen A. Smith has bought up Carl Anthony Towns as your replacement. And if Leon Rose is the Leon Rose who's gotten a Jalen Brunson who made y'all respective Eastern Conference team, if he has any sense, he would get out on you, respectfully. Don't want to spend too much time on that because you got to do better. That's the most pathetic answer I've ever heard from a competitor in a semifinals um, conference game. That's pathetic. Speaking of pathetic, we're going to go to a... We're going to switch gears and go to Mr. DeAndre Ayton. See, you're part of the you're part of the problem. Uh, you're looking at a Kevin Durant who is probably the most efficient scorer as far as perimeter scoring in NBA history, a 50-40-90 guy. Uh, he is a sniper elite. 
Um, he could get any shot he wants to at any time because he is seven feet tall with a handle. We get that. You have a Devin Booker who is probably has the most efficient um, semi-conference finals that I've ever seen in my life. He just dropped 40 on 80% the other night. He's him. He's going crazy right now. But they're down 3-2, and I'm going to tell you why they're down 3-2. The attitude of your top players is very, very important when you're trying to win an NBA playoff series because these are no longer the 400 best players. These are now the 200 best players that you're now going up against. Um, Jokic is averaging 35, uh, 11, and 14, I believe. You can't guard him. He's shooting 51% from the field. He's shooting 47% from three. We knew that you couldn't guard him. He's To me, he's the best big man in the league. There's no indictment on that. What is an indictment, however, is the lack of effort that you are giving out. What is an indictment is a video of D-Book calling you out and chewing him out, and you look like you want to go all the way and sit by yourself. You look like a not only a soft big man, you look like you can't take any constructive criticism. We know the faulty relationship that you have with the respected Monty Williams. You look like you've quit on this team. You've gotten a Kevin Durant who's still at his 16th season is still a top 10 player and still a top three scorer when he chooses to be. And you're pouting. And you're not only getting buckets dropped on you, you can get buckets dropped on you. However, your lack of effort, it screams out to the rest of the team. You guys are top heavy right now. Chris Heavy is Chris Paul. I said Chris Heavy. Chris Paul is not in the lineup right now. You have a Cameron Payne that you're running. You guys are outmatched as far as death goes, and that's why you guys will lose. You will lose because you have a DeAndre Ayton who's bringing a loser uh, body language to that locker room. It's pathetic. You got to do better. And if I'm the Phoenix Suns again. I would be out on you. I would get something in trade of you. I, for the life of me, don't know why. I understand that he's the number one pick and you don't want to lose him for anything. But I kind of really don't know why the uh, Phoenix Suns front office matched that offer that he had with the Indiana Pacers. Um, <clears throat> um, it, it just doesn't make sense. Body language is everything in this league. Look, I don't know about you, but I like my hoops unfiltered. Especially if it's about that Miami Heat. Heat Nation stand up here. If you do too, then tune in to Real Hoops. There's nothing better than hearing straight up unadulterated talk about ball and all the chaos that comes with it. You can go find Real Hoops on all podcast platforms. Go enjoy and run it up for your boy. I just want to shout out the LA Lakers. Um, I've been up and down on them all season as they've had an up and down season. When they were down, I was kicking them. When they were up, I was praising them because they did go out on a run when they got those pieces. And they've looked fairly decent with, I would say, the best defense right now as we sit and stand. They're about to end the Warriors dynasty. And I'm going to tell you why it's going to end. You have a Draymond Green who's looking for a max contract. I do not think the front office will grant him that. You have a Klay Thompson who looks like he's regressed because the bad shots that he used to make, he's no longer making. And that's the thing about bad shots. When you don't make them, they look like supremely bad shots. If you want to go back and look at the bad shots that Mr. Klay Thompson has taken in the past and making, go ahead and go to Game 6 in the 2016 Conference Finals against Kevin Durant. He was hitting supremely terrible shots that I will not recommend to any up-and-coming basketball player if you are not... Uh, 
practicing contested shots. You have people who are better shooting better percentages with the hand in their face. I recall a J.R. Smith who used to be like that. Clay Thompson, of course, is a much better shooter than a J.R. Smith. However, those shots are not falling. And when those shots are not falling and the defense is not the same as it once was due to a plethora of injuries you've now uh, accrued on top of wear and tear, on top of you just aging, out on that. We have a Jordan Poole who, uh, who's checked out. And I knew this was going to be a problem. Again, if you want to go back again uh, to the previous episodes, I did say that that gentleman and this dynamic would not work from the simple fact that uh, a teammate put a hand on another teammate and it was for the world to see. It's one thing if it was handled in-house, the fact that the video leaked, that played a part. And, you know, Draymond was the vocal leader in a lot of ways in that locker room. And I feel like he lost a lot of people's respect by putting his hands on uh, Jordan Poole the way he did. Um, And you can tell by the body language on the floor. Sacramento, inexperienced team. They fought. They don't have a rim protector, which is why Steph was able to drop that 50 almost easily. Of course, you take away his three. He has no shot blockers in the paint against Sacramento. You take away his three for the LA Lakers, he has to go up against potentially, the not potentially, I'm sorry, the best shot blocker in the playoffs right now. Uh... And that's a completely different dynamic that changes things. You're looking at the complex schemes that Darvin Ham is now inputting. Had Vanderbilt on Steph Curry, took Vanderbilt out, and now they're able to pinch a lot more. I'm looking uh, on the previous game, and I'm looking at them hunt Anthony Davis to take him away from the rim because of his ability to rim protect. But another dynamic that they forgot is that Anthony Davis did play guard. He just grew astronomically when he was in high school so he has a lot of guard skills as you can tell when he looks for a shot a lot of times he's dribbling a lot of times the fadeaway is there he just has a silky smooth game because he's a guard and a 6'10 6'11 body um who could who's pretty much could could pretty much move um and that played a factor Steph Curry is going to be Steph he's a top 10 player of all time I have nothing to say about you Draymond is a figment of that Jordan Poole situation. Um, you're looking at the lineup changes that Steve Kerr is making. He looks frantic. He's looked like he's panicking. He looks like he's reaching for a lineup. And at this stage, if you're reaching and searching for a lineup, that tells me that you're not confident in this particular rotation that you have out right now and that you're seeking something from somebody somewhere and then you're not finding it. Don't think that they give up the 3-1 series lead. LeBron has never given up such. He has taken off in 2016. But, you know, that's between me and you, between you and I. Feels like the war, not feels like, the Warriors dynasty is done. Uh, They will not come back from 3-1 with a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, barring injury, knock on wood. Uh, We now have uh, Philly. Philly, man, that win last night was incredible. I'm looking at a Therese Maxi getting any shot he wants to. He looks comfortable. He looks like he knows his role. He's a young guy. He's learning from a top five shooting guard ever and a James Harden. Uh, he's learning from a Doc Rivers who's experienced, who's a champion, uh, a P.J. Tucker who's won everywhere he's went. Um, and it just looks it just looks like the offense with the Celtics looks a little bit sluggish, redundant, predictable. You have a Jalen Brown who looks to be essentially – I wouldn't say disgruntled, but he isn't too happy with his touches right now. 
and that's up to Joe Missoula. You have now the point guards that you didn't have. You have a, a Derek White who was in the finals for you last year who should know where exactly Jalen Brown wants the ball, who should know this particular sets, who should know a lot of these things. Uh, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who's uh, been a 50-40-90 guy, he's a savvy vet, he plays great defense, and I thought that's exactly what they needed in order for success. What this playoff is showing me is not only do you need the correct players, you need the correct culture, you need the correct locker room, and you need the correct um, players and coaching staff. If you don't have all three working for you, you will not be a champion in this league. It's just too many talented players. Aren't you tired of the same content, the same subjects, the same phrases, the same delivery? It's weird at this point. Media then wants to change that. You deserve a platform that will give you variety and a high-quality audio experience. And you can't forget a timely show. Media Den provides short-form podcasts that trim the fat without destroying the details. Now, you don't have to feel committed to what everyone else is talking about. Just niche shows that won't just interest you, but save time. Stay up to date with all of our shows by subscribing anywhere you get your podcasts. Media Den Network. It's all in the content. What I do want to talk about in terms of real talk, this has to do with uh, the media. Of course, the media. I'm not media, which is crazy to think about. I'm an artist. Uh, I'm an artist doing a pod, essentially. But I'm media now. And part of being media is having the ability to make sure that I call it down the middle. As you saw with my Miami Heat, when they weren't doing what they were needing to do, I called for a trade. I was incorrect. I misread the situation. A lot of times media, they don't admit when they're wrong. A lot of times media let their own fandom get in the in the way of their ability to call it down the middle. A lot of times it looks like it's a reach. And what narratives does to a uh, multi-billion dollar media company, um, sports entertainment facility that is the NBA narratives can get caught in people's mind and not only can that affect the fans ability to think properly that can also affect their ability to get paid you're looking at a dylan brooks for example he was his name was ran through the mud uh as it should be he was running his mouth that is that his butt couldn't cash essentially um and now people are online saying this man doesn't deserve a job now i think he's a bum offensively don't get me twisted he can't shoot uh, he thinks he's he thinks he's a shooter. He thinks he should do more than what he needs to do. But in a given role, if you make this guy a three and D guy, and you don't try to get him to do too much, this man made second team on defense. This is not a scrub defensively. You can use him on an NBA team. But all I hear online is that he's a scrub completely. He has nothing to offer. All he does is run his mouth. When if you watch the film, he's a stop defender. He's a smart defender. Um, now, in terms of his mentality, that could be um, an issue in terms of how the Memphis Grizzlies ran um, their culture in there. You know, a lot of times people have to come to a different environment, a different culture to succeed. You're looking at Andrew Wiggins, who was in a toxic environment in Minnesota. And then when he went to Golden State, you saw he became a champion. You know, culture is very important. Narratives are also very important. It could be detrimental. It could be helpful uh, to a player. Um, and fan bases are part of this as well. It's not only the media. Fan bases online. Um, 
generally feels like the general consensus. And that's why you have a Kenny Smith who uh, went to school with Michael Jordan stating that he would have struggled in today's social media era. And I completely agree. You're talking about a Michael Jordan who retired because he was getting too much criticism with his gambling. He retired the first time. Imagine that every single day in your life, you have to wake up to a first take if you've had a bad game. Imagine every single day in your life, you have to turn on your TV and look at an undisputed and say, man, he was pathetic. You don't know what that player could be going through. He could be going through loss. He could be going through a phase. He could be angry. Mental health is just as important as physical health. And I'm a mental health advocate. If you're not doing well, you need to seek help. These are players with millions of dollars. Of course, if you're, there's something going on mentally, you do your best to take it, take it to a specialist. But narratives are, are somewhat, they used to somewhat kill the sport, but you have these guys who's been in NBA locker rooms, who's been in NBA games like a J.J. Reddick, like a Tim Legler, like a Jay Williams, like a Kendrick Perkins, even though Kendrick Perkins a lot of times seems like he could be reaching, but he's a champion. You can't, you can't take that away from him. It's up to these players who now have a platform like a Draymond Green, like a Paul George, who are now having podcasts and able to create their own narratives and tell their own stories, that they have a special ability that the other media doesn't have. Somebody who like me who hasn't played the game will not have the same expertise as somebody who's played the game at a high level, who's sat in a locker rooms, who sat in film session, who's practiced, who've done this with the 400 best players in the world. So I have to watch my tone somewhat in which ways that a Steven Jackson was a champion or Matt Barnes was a champion will not have to. So it's our ability to go ahead and keep these narratives at a minimum so that we don't affect the ability to go ahead and go through with carrying out our lovely sport and extending it for generations to come and properly stating exactly what went on, not only via stats, but only via how it was at the time. I want to thank y'all for tapping in. It's your boy Rilla. I'm going to keep coming at you with these episodes. Um, next time you hear me, man, the conference finals will be on and you will absolutely hear my takes. Appreciate y'all for tapping in. See y'all next time. Yeah.